grace, mercy, and peace be unto you in the name of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior. Amen. Who enjoys being left out? You didn't like it when you were in school, and you still don't like it today. People are created to be involved with each other. It is why opening Christmas cards feels good at this time of the year, or better, when we exchange presents face-to-face than getting them in the mail. Wanting to be included is so powerful that, yes, even our sinful nature seeks to run after those kind of things of involvement. Not the good things, though, right? To be involved with, I don't know, the latest gossip, craving to be in the popular group, or as you know, uh, you know, longing for a certain status among people. Of course, the closeness of all these things finally comes down to, in many ways, um, marriage. We can think about this because God gave this for a man and a woman, the deepest of connections, we can say, given in life. Wedges today, though, are many. And wedges, like the practice of abortion, or, on the other side, the conception methods, like IVF, IVF and others, have caused disconnection. Men and women are, in many ways, at a loss that questions the value of marriage and purpose of the one flesh union God gave. If this separation is a real thing in marriage, then no wonder it's affected everything else, causing many, as you know, to be alone with themselves. I'm not saying it's a, not a bad thing to be a single person. There's some who can sail through life with that gift, and that's a special blessing. This is a loneliness tied because we don't know how to relate anymore when we come together, especially as husband and wife. Joseph understood a thing or two about separation. His wife, Mary, was involved, as you know, in the conception of Jesus. She's the virgin mother. She would go, as our front of the bulletin shows you, she would go and visit Elizabeth, her cousin, for a, few, for a good visit to celebrate God's promised good news. And John the baptizer in the womb of Elizabeth would rejoice at the presence of Jesus, right? On the other hand, I couldn't find a cover for today's text for the bulletin, because on the other hand, you got her engaged husband, Joseph. And he sat in the sidelines. He had nothing to do with it. Unlike women who can carry a child, men are to appreciate today the internal struggle felt by Joseph. The worst experience for any man is not to be able to fix something, solve the problem, save the day, as my dad would, would think about it, or have anything, everything, taken out of his hands. And in the case with Joseph, it particularly meant the privilege of being a biological father. This was not his son. We can get into the debates about him having other children and stuff like that, but the fact of the matter is, is this was not his son. Only the word could remove the fears, depression, and all that comes with that that fell on Joseph. 
And likewise, without the gospel to give us hope to call Jesus our Savior, we will remain separated, disconnected from God and each other. And so Joseph was a guy who wanted to do the right thing, right? Even when facing what appeared to be a sinful situation, yeah, he was left in the dark about how Mary got pregnant, but people make mistakes, and she was young. He could have made her life more than hard by divorce. The law was clear. Adult adulterers would be shunned, or worse, you want to take him to real task? You could stone him, especially women. How, of course, would that make anything better for anybody except for Joseph? Evil for evil, tit for tat. He was a child of the true God of Israel. He took scriptures seriously, and this was also no kid's game. People's lives were at stake. Two, to be exact. I suppose Mary's experience with the angel, you can envision it, maybe she had given voice to that fact. Little good that would do, though, considering the physical evidence spoke volumes more than whatever she had thought about or had come to from the angel Gabriel. Where was God in such a distressing picture like Joseph? How could Mary be trusted as a faithful wife? Joseph was alone and without the gospel. He was left to his own thoughts to solve this puzzle, but this was no promising comfort as thoughts can go. Only God's word would draw together a peace that the world could not give. Now we know most people consider themselves to be that pretty good person in life, at least that's hopefully what, you know, that humanitarian mentality of we strive for the good for some reason. They try to take care of their family, right? They treat people nice, um, and you want to do the right thing. Having morals are important, and being spiritual or a religious person, maybe being even Christian, helps keep things together for life. It's a surprise then, the big surprise, how the true church that carries Christ by the preached word and sacraments comes as a shock just as Mary did to Joseph. Everyone naturally has a connection, you see, with the works, with doing a, kind of a right thing. But the gospel is different. People are to receive their salvation given in Jesus, a gift that poor persons rather than trying to actively secure it by works. The initial reaction to the presence of the gospel in life is much like with Joseph. God seems so distant, and suddenly, when I cannot feel like I'm helping him with my salvation, I have my hands somewhere involved with it. It's common in the pews of congregations to have someone say over the years, and when they get especially older, I just don't know why I'm here anymore. And then I get worried as a pastor. Because your place has always been to hear and receive from Jesus. And it's even harder on older pastors who've always been in the pulpit and given out God's gifts to his people. There is a separation felt by all, too, 
by all the other religions and spiritualities of the world. We gussed him up at this time of the year for Christmas. We got Hanukkah that just started. And we have other things that religions try to celebrate to kind of mix into the Christmas spirit. But it's not the same as God's grace. Most are left pondering what to do with the Church of Christ. And the reasonable solution on man's terms is that it's best to divorce her from their lives, especially as our families become more and more diverse with religious beliefs. If it were not for that angel, that preacher of the word, Joseph would have left. However, his life changed when he heard in that dream, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As distant as Joseph might have felt or thought he was from Mary, God's news of the gospel at work removed his fears to even draw closer to her. Both their lives now were held together to believe in the promising word that became flesh. Mary literally carried the truth, and Joseph treasured him. This child was not his son, but the Savior for all. And so as a servant of the true king, this was Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph had the duty to provide and protect the gospel that was made human flesh. His wife Mary was holy, not in herself to be worshipped, but by God's Son who graced her with his humble presence. Joseph wholeheartedly received this good news. You know why he would receive it, because he would call his name Jesus. How much did Joseph, as a son of Adam, at first struggle over God's way of coming? And yet the virgin birth shows us how ready God was to greet humanity with his salvation. Ready or not, here I come, but it's going to mess you all up when I come. Because it's going to be in a way that you do not know. Unless the words of the gospel give us hope to call Jesus our Savior, we will remain separated from God and each other. Behold, the church had received a wonderful gift. It comes with the promise of sins forgiven, new life born out of Christ. Mary's child still comes into our midst, as we say, by word and sacraments. God's Son is hidden within this womb of the church on earth. The flesh of Adam, man, is challenged by this new man, this new Adam of the Word made flesh. Are we receptive to this goodness of the Lord before our eyes? That is the big question for today. There is nothing to do, only to receive His coming to us. Salvation God gives, that is forgiveness for every sin, whatever troubles, whatever ailments, whatever questions, there is forgiveness because he comes in a gentle way. To hear the preached word 
is the message to cast out fear and doubt. The angel says it at the start of his conception to Joseph, fear not. Says it to Mary, too, fear not. Jesus says it after the resurrection to the disciples behind locked doors, fear not. Look how our lives have become closer together by God giving faith in his Son. You understand that, right? Small parishes struggle because you get some family connections, and that's all good, and families can have lines in churches, and that's all good. But our connections, as we come into this church and drawn together, is because of Jesus and the work of God's Spirit. The work of the law can never bring such comfort. Jesus' continued presence of being Emmanuel takes away separation from God and each other because God is in his service to us. Who of us would run away from the Virgin Mary's child? We don't see that today with women who are pregnant, ah! and we run away from them, right? We say, congratulations, and all the other good stuff that comes with that. So why run away from Mary's child? When we see him in a manger scenes, we don't run away from that. You got one at the Wabash Courthouse. I have one in front of my church, in front of my house. We don't run away from that. We don't run away from it on Christmas cards or when we hear people singing that in Christmas carols. However, if we are to face the virgin birth of God's Son in all seriousness, let us greet the miracle of grace as Joseph did. Until his return in glory, Christ resides in the church for us. A church that has time, a church that in our culture has suffered much shame, a church that is being abandoned for other glories of men to even change the visible church, to empty it finally without even having Christ no longer as the center in his salvation. Treasure how man does not create this promised presence of God in the word and sacrament. We don't do it. We come as pastor and people around these gifts, but we're not making it happen. God is by grace. What he has won for our sin, Jesus now gives. It has miraculously come about by his suffering and death on the cross. And so we know this is good news because he is Savior. And he distributes this freely because he is the Lord. The Lord over the darkness. That we just don't know what to do. But Jesus does against all sin, death, and the devil. And so now the duty, like Joseph, is to provide and protect the gospel in the church that has come to us. We dare not abandon her, for she carries the message of peace that the world cannot give. It calls us to confident service to a road less traveled, but we go with the Lord. We go with Emmanuel. And he comes to save us. If Joseph gave his whole life, so we give ours wholly to the promise of who is with us. When grasping these lowly vessels of grace by God, we are no longer left out. 
even connected to the bold witness of belonging together to the saints of all before our time. And a bold witness before our age today. Joseph called him Jesus. Our hope is to call on Jesus, for he draws close to us. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. At this time,